Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 73 of Bee Boomer Unleashed. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episodes and all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode, The Evolution of News and Journalism, Part 2, an interview with Jed Flowers, Part 1. And we'll have Part 1 of that interview with Jed today and Part 2 next week. We're certainly glad to be back on topic. Last week we had our first episode in a few weeks after I had my open heart surgery. And we're certainly glad to be back on the podcast and certainly glad to be back on topic today. Before we get into today's interview with Jed, let me remind you as always where you can find our podcast. You can always find us at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at bboomerunleashed. On iHeartRadio, you can find us at b.boomerunleashed. And on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram, you can find our link at bboomerunleashed. And on Twitter, you can find our link at bboomerunleashed1. As always, we encourage you to drop us an email at bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. That's bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Make some suggestions comments about the show and if you'd like to be a guest on the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast we'd love to have you with us. Well episode 73 we continue our discussion about the evolution of news and journalism and we have an interview today and next week with Jed Flowers who is the director of communication for Cabell County Schools and Jed has also worked in broadcasting and radio and TV. And Jed has an interesting take on some of these topics that we're talking about. So without further ado, let's go to that interview with Jed Flowers right now. Well, folks, we have with us today a very special guest. As a matter of fact, this young man is the first guest that I've had on my show since I've survived heart bypass surgery. And uh, so that ought to tell you something about him. He's pretty special to me to make him want to be the first guest that I have back. Uh, this is Jed Flowers. And Jed is the Director of Communications for Cabell County Schools. And I had the privilege of working with Jed for several years there at Cabell County Schools. And Jed and I were not only colleagues, but we became very good friends. And Jed is uh, one of the most intelligent young men in his field that I've met in a long, long time. And, you know, folks like to call him the spin doctor sometimes. Folks like to call him Code Red Jed. Now, the kids love Jed because he announces uh, Code Red or Snow Days. And, boy, when he does that, he just trends everywhere, you know. So, <laughs> But uh, we are so pleased to have Jed join us on the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast. Hi, Jed. Hello, and I couldn't be more happy to be here after your scare. I am so thankful, so, so thankful to God that you are doing well. Uh, when I heard about it, I just heard, I heard about it just a couple weeks ago, and I, I have been praying ever since. And when you called today, I, my heart jumped. I was so happy well, that you, you're doing well. So happy. Well, I appreciate the kind words, Jed, and I appreciate the prayers. Boy, we've had a a lot of those going out from a lot of different people. And uh, I tell you, God is good and prayer changes things for sure. Amen. Amen. Jed, uh, before we get into talking about the news and journalism and 
this is the part two of the evolution of news and journalism that we started actually that episode aired the day that I was having my bypass surgery. Thankfully, we had it in the can before Monday morning. And uh, we came back last week with a little departure from that, just kind of telling people about my uh, experience that I had where they're with the heart failure and the bypass surgery. But uh, tell us a little bit, Jed, about your background and, and how you've got to where you are and what you're doing now. Well, I've had a kind of a strange wavy road, you know, like a lot of people to, to what I'm doing today. But I uh, grew up, uh, my dad worked in TV and radio a lot when I was a kid. He did other things too, but uh, but he worked at um, WSAZ at one point and uh, he worked at WKYT in Lexington. And he even did a little work uh, with the Jim and Tammy Baker ministry. Uh, you know, he was uh, worked in their productions there. Um, so, um, you know, I grew up watching all of the television and radio and I loved my dad completely. You know, he's, he was my best friend and sure. so I wanted to just like him. He was, he started as an announcer on WSAZ radio when there, when there was a WSAZ radio, uh, which is now WRBC AM 930. Um, and funny enough, I eventually became the program director of that station. But anyway, um, I started, uh, my journey at uh, Always Soft and Easy, 97.1 FM, WXVK. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was 16 years old, and uh, I went to the radio station 15 weeks in a row. Wow. Asking for them to give me a job. And, uh, and, I, and I would take, my mom was working at the church at the time downtown, and so I would take the TTA bus, you know, because I didn't have a car or anything at the time, and I was driving, and I'd ride over, to the station which was in the st james building fourth avenue and just ask the the station manager her name was bill rica i'd say well, you know can you let me do anything and finally she said i give up you can run the sunday morning church show. <laughs> 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 so i was like okay you know it was, and it was so cool because i was announcing ball games at the school already and uh, i'd found you know one of the teachers there believed in me mr mcclellan right and he had me uh, announcing first girls basketball and boys basketball and football and all that and i loved it and so i, I was going for it and my friends were like you can't be on the radio you're only 16 and i'm like yeah i can and so i kept going and the persistence paid off and and i was on the air and uh, unfortunately wxvk wasn't all that successful uh we played a lot of um kind of sleepy music you know we played zen lubbock in the living string orchestra you know <laughs> right so uh, uh so anyway uh not too long about six months after i started working there um through a lease management agreement wkee and at the time was owned by a company called adventure communications uh they leased out lease managed uh wxvk and it became uh bubba bubba 97.1 fm yeah i remember country station yeah and uh, and so when they le when they uh, took over the station there, I applied for a job at Key, and because I'd been working at the other station, and, and they went ahead and uh, had faith in me and hired me, not at Bubba but at WKEEFM, and it was fantastic. I was like, you know, at school my my cred went way up. I'll bet it did. Because I was on the radio on at Key FM. It might have been at midnight, but I was on there, you know. And I did weekends and evenings, and then I and then as time progressed, you know, I, I got more and more experience there, and they eventually had me on the air full time, you know, and I was doing all request love songs every night, and 
and uh, and then they used me as the stunt boy in the morning on the uh, Dano and Billy C show. Right. And I'd go out and do crazy stuff like dress up like Elvis and give away jelly donuts. And just <laughs> them, you, know, you know, whatever they wanted me to do, I'd go out and do honker holler polls. You know, for the presidential election or you know anything crazy. But and and then I'd go out and sell cars. You know, one of the car dealerships and have a we called remotes. You know, and you go there and they say uh, you, you they turn you on for two minutes and say sell the cars and I go. Well, hello, everybody. We're here at Dutch Miller Chevrolet today, and we've got the new 2005s and the 2006s months ago. You know, you just go on for two minutes, you know. So, But it taught me a lot. Let me tell you, that job, I eventually became the promotions director for all uh, eight radio stations, for eight radio stations. And then eventually when we had 11 radio stations, I was the continuity director, so I wrote all the local advertising. So if you heard a commercial about, like, my favorite one we ever did was for Damon's. Uh, you know, and, and I had Sheila, who eventually became the morning show co-host, but she was just a secretary in the office with me, and uh, and we and we did it, and it was like we were we were very classy French people going to celebrate New Year's at the, <laughs> you know, I'd say I said, oh mon cher, you know, we want to go enjoy the beautiful evening, and she'd go, but I want to go to Damon. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So we had, it was fun. It was a lot of fun, and uh, it was just a great time. Radio is was to me just the most creative thing ever i loved radio and um but you know i also was had higher aspirations so i uh, was going to journalism school and by that time and uh uh, i uh, enrolled at at marshall university at the w page pitt school of journalism mass communications and uh i um, um wanted to start working toward you know becoming a journalist and everything you know i got a job at wsaz uh, I applied there, and they hired me in the production department. And so first I ran the cameras, and I ran the audio board, or the Chiron, which is the graphics across the bottom of the screen, right. or, you know, whatever they needed. I was the utility player. I did whatever they wanted, you know, lights, hung lights. They taught me lighting. They taught me, you know, all these different, you know, technical things, which, which you know, really wasn't ultimately what I wanted to do, but it was great to learn. And uh, so I went to him and, and I said, you know, re- I, you know, I was in journalism school. I said, I really want to go do an internship in the news department. So they let me do that. And I interned with Kathy Brown, who was a great reporter here locally. Very good. Very good reporter. Yeah, she was. She my was. Oh, Kathy. She was the real kind of, you know, a rubber shoe, you know, <laughs> hard nosed reporter. You know, she would go ask the hard questions. She was in depth. You know, she'd spend time researching her stories. You know, it wasn't just spit out a story, you know, go get it and come back. You know, it was uh, she spent weeks working on stories and developing them. And so she was fantastic. And I interned with her, you know, while I was working in the other department and I'd work free in the internship. Eventually, I wanted to change and be employed in the news department. And uh, so I went to my boss at the time and I love him to death. His name's Jack Deacon. I love him to death. But I said, you know, Jack, I really want to work for the news department. He goes, well, you know, we hired you for this job. You know, you're in the production department. I said, well, I'm going to quit then because I was still <laughs> working at the radio station. And so I left and I went ahead and quit and I applied in the news department. And a week later, they hired me back. Wow. Isn't that nice? Yes. And, and they were they were wonderful because they didn't want to. And, and they told me they didn't want to lose me, which I thought was, you know, pretty nice. Yeah, and, that's, uh, that's high praise. Yeah, and, and then I started working there in the news department, not in the production department, and I was a uh, uh, producer reporter, so mostly producer. So 
the producer is responsible for every element of the newscast. They oversee everything. They write the scripts. They write all the, the, the bumps, which are the throws to the commercials and all that. They write all the, uh, the, the VOs, you know, the voiceovers, like when you have a news story and it's just video and they, they're reading about the video. Uh, anything that's not a reporter-generated thing, you know, uh, you, you write that. You edit the tapes, and we actually edited tapes. When I started, we were cutting tapes with razors. Eventually, we got to where we were doing uh, – just beta editing, you know, beta right. and, and it was timed editing. And, and so you're responsible for everything. It's like, it's like total panic attack. And then the newscast is over. It's, it's just like watching a car crash. Every time. <laughs> it, 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 and, and everything goes wrong. You know, reporters all of a sudden, they don't have their story in on time. And at the, at the time it wasn't digital or anything. So you needed a tape, you know, and the, the newscast was about to come on and you're going on the, on the phone going, you know, um, I'm trying to think Haley, Haley, we're two minutes to air. Get your tape in, you know, and it's like, it's just nuts. And, uh, but it was fun too. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it working there. And then, um, as time went on, you know, I was, I was kind of like, well, I, I, uh, was studying at Marshall and then working at channel three and the things I was doing at channel three were so far above what we were doing in school. Sure. You know, my classmates, you know, were good. I mean, what we were doing was great. But man, I was I was producing a newscast and stuff, so I was like, you know what? Maybe I better do something else in school, you know, and because it wouldn't hurt to learn anything, something else, you know. So I changed to public relations as my major, and so when I changed to public relations, it added a year to my time at Marshall. But it, I am so grateful that I did that because it gave me a whole other skill set. And then by the time I had my degree and was out in the working world, I decided I want to get a PR job. So I applied for a job at the Division of Forestry. Actually, I did not at the Division of Forestry. I just got on the uh, list for the state, and that's where you do it. You just get, you know, I was public information officer, too, is what I qualified for. Right. And so they just get on a list, and they call you up. And, I, and so all of a sudden, I got a call from the Division of Forestry, which, you know, people that know me know, I'm not like a real outdoorsman. <laughs> you're not me. like Yule Gibbons or anything. <laughs> no, no, you're not going to find me with bear out there. You know, I'm not, uh, it's not really my thing, but I was like, okay, whatever. And so I go to the Division of Forestry to interview, and the state forester at the time, he was an old guy. He was super nice, but he was a little bit ornery. And, uh, and he, was, he was interviewing me, and he asked me what I knew about trees. And I said, well, Mr. Maxie, I, I, I don't know anything really. I said, but I'm willing to learn. And uh, when he hired me, he told me that the reason he hired me is because everyone else that he asked a question tried to make stuff up. Right. And he said, and I told him the truth. I told him the truth. I said, I don't know. And he said, he said that that's why he hired me, because he needed somebody in a public relations position who would tell the truth. Right. And so, and that's what happened. And I worked for the Division of Forestry happily for a couple of years. Mr. Maxey retired and, uh, and administration changed, governor changed, everything changed. So it was time to find another job. And I was searching the newspapers at the time. That's where you looked for new, you know, jobs and uh, <laughs> not on the internet. Right. <laughs> and I was looking in the classifieds. And one day I saw this Cabell County Board of Education job, which of course this is my home. I'm a Huntington native and, you know, it was my home. And so I was like, oh, okay. I want to, you know, and I applied and I came down and uh, I didn't know anything that was going on in the district at the time. Uh, Mr. Roach was the superintendent at the time. And they've been going through a strategic planning process. 
And I was interviewed by, not by him, but by uh, people from the community, like uh, Nancy Cartmel, who was at the time the Barbersville mayor, or right. Jeff Barnes. He ran PR at uh, St. Mary's Hospital, and they interviewed me, and then, uh, and then Mr. Roach had to approve me. And that was 21 years ago. That's that. That's a long time, Jed. I tell you. Oh my gosh! I've been happy to be with Cabell County Schools for 21 years. And, Love the district. And you do a great job. And uh, wow, you've um, you've uh, gotten the truth out there. And you know, I, I've always felt, you know, in dealing with you, uh, you know, we were going to hear the truth. And you know, there's such thing as timing. You don't always want to put right. uh, everything out there at the same time, but uh, eventually uh, we get around to that, and and you've never backed down from a story, and you've always gave, given superintendents, I feel, good advice. Not only the superintendents, but the school principals, and and uh, when tragedy or when uh, um, you know something happens at a school, you've been right there and. Uh, I know you have a plate full for sure. You know, folks, uh, a lot of our listeners probably don't know this, but before I retired in June 2018, it would be two years ago, the 30th of June. Can you believe I've been retired two years already, Jed? But, I cannot. I but, cannot possibly travel uh, that. I went to Jed for his expertise, and because he's a friend and I knew he would tell me the right, I, I wanted to start a podcast. I wanted to start a podcast, and... And the first question I asked Jed, of course, some technical questions. How do you get into it? What do you do? And then I said, all right, Jed, tell me, uh, should I go with a video podcast or should I go with an audio podcast? And and he didn't hesitate. He said, well, I think you need to go with an audio podcast. And I said, is that because I have a face for radio, which no. I do, instead no. of video? And uh, he said, no, no, that's not it. So... Kind of rehearsed that answer with me, Jed. Why? And, and you pointed me toward audio podcasting. And I'd say probably, and I don't know the exact number. I probably should have looked this up. But I'd say there are probably 10 audio podcasts for every video podcast out there. So it seems like the way to go. But why do you think that is, Jed? Well, I, I think it's for multiple reasons. I said, <laughs> one, um, audio podcast, it, it depends on what kind of podcast you have. Like your podcast is designed for an audience that that listen and think and you know it's a thinker you know kind of podcast right and and you know a lot of those people listen to the podcast while they're doing something else like they might be driving their car going to work or they might be uh, you know working out in the yard or they might be doing something else when they're not actually you know well what it's kind of like company for them you know and that's like radio is see radio to me is the most personal form of communication right as far as the, we used to say you know when when you're on the radio you're actually inviting that person into they're actually inviting you into their living room and so you kind of have to act like a guest because that's how personal it is and the podcasting is really just kind of an evolution of, of that radio concept uh it doesn't have all those other elements and distractions that video have um, and then, you know, um, also, you know, video podcasts are good for certain things, but I don't know about you, but like I watched video podcasts about cars, for instance, Right. I watched one that consumer reports, does uh, talking cars. And I watched several of them like that, but they're showing video of cars and right. doing that sort of thing, you know? And so it's a lot different than, you know, just listening to them talk. And if I'm in a car, I'll listen to the, to the auto line podcast, which is an audio podcast. Right. I'll, I'll listen to that one in the car, 
but I won't, you know, it'd be kind of bad to be watching it and driving, you know, at the same time. Oh, so yeah. it just depends on, uh, um, you know, your audience and, and the kind of, you know, you have to know your audience and kind of what you're trying to accomplish and what they do with the uh, device and with their, with the podcast. That's great. Well, Jed, uh, this series that we started a few weeks ago, the evolution of news and journalism, uh, Let's talk about the news a little bit. Um, what really makes up a good news story? I mean, you know, a lot of people say they're reporting the news. Some really don't. But really, a, a straight news story, Jed, what, what are the good elements in a, in, a, in a news story? Well, for one thing, it has to be timely. News really needs to be timely. And then, and then to, to really hit the viewer, it needs to be compelling and relevant to their lives. And that was something that my news director used to tell me at Channel 3. His name's Ken Savage, and he's now a general manager at Wave TV in Louisville. Uh, but that's what he always used to tell us, to make sure that every story we have is compelling and relevant, that it can touch the viewer's life in some way, you know, make an impact. It's, it either informs them, you know, news should be informative, or, or it should uh, allow them to uh, live a better life you know, enable them to, uh, to kind of have access to what's out there in the world. News, you know, and, and the definition, like we've been talking about, the new of news has been changing over time um, because journalism, it's like any other craft, right? Jerry, listen, I have tried to fix my own plumbing. Right. right? Um, and I've done it. You know, I've stuck the pipes together and put the weld on it. And then it busted open, you know, a week later. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Right. You know? So anybody can report a story. Anybody can write something on Facebook and call themselves a reporter, right? Right. But it's the skill and the training that, that reporters and journalists go through. And if they have a certain level of skill and a certain level of ethics, you know, we, we all, when we're in journalism school, we take a, a code of ethics you know, those that are involved in the Society for Professional Journalists. Right. There's a code of ethics. And uh, and journal most journalists take that code of ethics, and that is that they won't do these things that are extreme and that kind of stuff. But, but you know, you're seeing more and more as, you know, it used to be you had three TV stations, and, you know, here locally, some places less, you know. And that's where you got all your news from the networks. And but now, you know, everybody's a reporter. You've got citizen journalists. You've got all kinds of sources of information. And so, you, you know, it's just like a doctor. You know, you, you can go to a, a foot doctor, but you don't want him to work on your heart. Right. You know, you want a heart doctor. You want somebody that's been trained to, to get the right kind of information and to share it with the right perspective. In other words, to be objective, you know, to not be slanted in one side or the other. To tell both sides of the story, always. Uh, nothing upsets me more than when I work with a reporter, and this is very rare, by, for the for, by the way, I mean, very rare. But when I work with a reporter who just wants to report something bad and doesn't want to tell the rest of the story, you know, maybe from our perspective or from, you know, it, most of them do not do that. Most of them are wonderful, I'm telling you. Most of the journalists we work with, especially the journalists that come from Marshall, um, are tremendous they have a tremendous program and i i really have very few problems with most of them at all but you know there are those out there that are not good i used to work with one when i worked uh, for the state uh, and he worked in charleston and he was a, you know he would file a freedom of information act request on anything that i would just give him 
you know, I, and it was just so he could say through a Freedom of Information Act request. And I was like, oh, well, I'll give you anything you want. Yeah. You, don't have to do that. you know, and but but he did it to make it sound like we were the bad guys. And I was like, you know, why are you doing that? You know, but he was trying to win Pulitzer Prizes, you know. Sure. And, and I, so, I, yeah, go ahead. It's like anything else. You know, you got good actors and bad actors. Oh, yeah. Good teachers and bad teachers. Good you know? teachers, bad teachers. Good cops, bad cops. I mean, right. you know, it, 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 right. the world's full of them for sure. Right. Well, folks, that's about all the time we have left for this week. Uh, Next week, we'll conclude our interview with Jed Flowers and discuss some of the meatier topics of journalism. I hope you've enjoyed our interview with Jed today, a talented young man who has a great background in journalism, and we're going to get more in-depth with that next week. Well, I hope you'll join us again next week, but until then, have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye. (music)